guys, Stephen Cloudy from Liberty Hangout. I'm here with Larry Sharp. So yes. good to see you, man. Good to see you, yes. Tell all of us about the campaign you've been running because you're pulling like 24%. We are kicking ass. We're doing very well, guys. In New York State, the state that Cato ranked 50th, bottom of the bucket, we're actually pulling overall 6% when, when usually we poll about half a percent. So we're pulling 12 times better, but the good part is 77% of New Yorkers don't know who the hell I am. So when you take that into account, that's how I'm pulling 24%. If everyone knew who I was, 24% who I'm pulling at, this is gonna be a five-way race, which means 30% is a victory. I am theoretically six points away from victory with about four and a half months out. This is a winnable race. It's Mount Everest, but it's winnable. Larry, one of the reasons I'm so impressed by you, you've only been a libertarian how long? Uh, since 2012. Since 2012, you've only been a libertarian since 2012. Some yep. people have been libertarian since the 70s and like still don't understand the basic concepts. That's true. What issues are more, most important to you? Now, the reason why I understand the basic concepts, I tell people this often, I didn't come to libertarianism through politics. I didn't, you know, read uh, Bastiat and then become a libertarian. I became a libertarian through business. I've been teaching post-industrial leadership for about 14 years, which is the idea of, it's not about everybody must know what to do, follow my orders. It's about giving your people enough freedom, enough transparency, enough responsibility, enough accountability to try to get the job done for the best they're doing. Things change too fast. So I was already kind of theoretically in that area already. One of my philosophers wasn't, wasn't actually a, a, an economical one. He was more of a business guy, was Robert Ringer. And Robert Ringer actually was an objectivist. And that's what kind of put me into the mindset. So when I finally heard Libertarians in 2012, that's when I popped over. But I was already one. That is awesome, man. Yes. So what are the most what are the issues that you focus on the most? Number one, people always say, Larry, do you talk about libertarianism? Do you talk about liberal principles? No. I focus on libertarian answers for people's problems. So if your problem is school, how can I get you a better school using a libertarian solution? If your problem is bad roads, how do I get you better roads using a libertarian solution? If your problem is corruption, how do I get rid of corruption using a libertarian solution? That's what I deal with, libertarian solutions to allow us to have a better life. Then they go, oh, that makes sense. Now talk about principle. Because they will always say, how'd you think about that? Now the principle comes in. I deal with what they care about first and then what I care about. It's an old saying which I totally believe. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So advocate care, because I hope you do. That's a good thing, you should care. Care about the people you're trying to help. Show them you can help them, then tell them how. Just for anyone listening, everybody I know that's met Larry Sharp learns something new from the guy every single time. Ooh, Such I a brilliant know. guy. I guess one thing we can touch on, tell us about guns in New York, because obviously that's a big yes, issue there. big issue. And when I'm downstate in all the city talking about guns, I don't often talk about the Second Amendment as guns. I saw the Second Amendment as choice. Because if you're on the left, the second you say guns, they say you're evil and they shut down. They're not gonna hear your argument. It doesn't matter how good or how logical it is, it's irrelevant. So I don't talk about guns when I talk to the left. I talk more about choice and you're defending yourself. I talk about things like the Second Amendment is second because it's there to protect all your First Amendment rights, which are the most important of all of them, right? That, these are the critical ones. So I choose to defend myself with my wits and my words. Someone else may choose a firearm, but I don't want anyone to not allow me to defend myself. It is my choice. Now that doesn't always go well with the right. The right likes my gun's constitution. But if I'm talking about, about the right, I'm talking about how unfair it is 
to actually get people and make them prisoners or to make them criminals by having their rights. So the goal in general is saying, left and right, it is choice, it's about our rights, we should defend our rights. You do that, you tend to get the left and right at least hearing you, even if not agreeing with you. And if they can hear you, they can get to other aspects of what you're talking about. You know, I fall into the camp sometimes where I just end up arguing with people, and yep. I may have won the argument, but I didn't convert them. And you talk about, you know, stop winning arguments, start winning hearts. Always. There is it's a, a saying by Nassim Taleb, and he says, the two types of people, those who want to win arguments and those who want to win. I just want to win. I'll lose every argument. Just let me win the heart and the mind and the vote. That's what I want. And people say, but Larry, it can't just be about votes. And it isn't just about votes. But if I can win hearts and minds, I can win votes. Because if we don't get elected, people say this all the time, you can't get the left or the right, uh, the conservatives are evil, or the lefties are evil, whatever the case may be. But these people are voting our rights away every single year. More and more, they're voting our rights away. If we don't start winning elections, the country's just gonna keep going down that road. It doesn't matter how many Facebook are you That's correct. Have. We've gotta turn the country around to face this way. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. And the first step is letting people understand that government isn't the only answer. Tell us the whole time. You have people who will literally say, no, it's the law. As a reason for something being righteous, it could be the worst law in the world. It can be the worst idea in the world. But oh, he broke the law, he's a criminal, therefore he's evil by default. Well, would you have said that about someone who's I don't know, an escaped slave? Yeah. Would you have said it about an abused woman who left her husband when, it was, when women couldn't do that because it was against the law? Would you have said that for a woman who tried to vote? Would you say that for a, a Japanese uh, American who tried to escape the prison camps in the 1940s? It was all legal and all wrong. That's exactly what Bostiat talks about in the law is that when you equate the law with morality, when you, when you stand up against the law, you feel like you're standing up against the country because we're a country of laws and I must defend the law. So law does not equate to morality. And here's the, the false dichotomy to give you. We're not a nation of men, we're a nation of laws. A nation of laws is not impressive. Imperial Japan was a nation of laws. That's not impressive. I want to be a nation of principles. Nation of men, nation of laws, both bad. Be a nation of principles. Principles don't change. Laws change all the time. Men change all the time. What's the Game of Thrones thing? All men must die, right? Men change all the time. Yeah. Laws change all the time. But principles don't. Yeah. So why don't we become a nation of principles and we'll be fine. Larry, you're one of the most clear-headed guys that we're talking to. Thank so it's you. been an absolute pleasure doing this. Good seeing you. Run, run, run for you. All right, thanks guys.